Praise God. Welcome to today's online Bible study. And in this podcast, I will be taking you to the part four of the message titled, The End Shall Come. I want you to hold your notebook, your Bible, and your Bible, because we may have to do some mathematical calculation today. Bear in mind that the shortest pencil is still better than the longest memory. We have done part one, part two, part three, and now is part four of this study. And I would like to take you to what even led to the remaining seven years or one week of Daniel's. By the way, I believe you have been blessed through these teachings. And you will need to keep some of these teachings in your archive because a time is coming when you will need them. And I want to also believe that at the stage we are in now, you are no longer going to be vulnerable to speculations and satanic lies and theories that have no foundation in the scripture and some unfounded truth that is being propagated by some proponent of Armageddon. But thanks be to God that the word of God did not leave us in darkness. It opened our eyes to see and to understand and outline clearly exactly the way it will end. And I believe that the retreat you have been going undergoing right from the beginning of this lockdown is instead of depressing is yielding greater fruits and revitalizing your spiritual life now you will ask a question and one we want to know what is the greatest thing that could possibly happen to this age old world considering all we have learned so far what is the greatest thing that could possibly happen to this age old world is it the cure for cancer the disappearance of war or enough food to feed everyone as people are hungry these days however desirous all these wonderful things may be the bible teaches that the greatest thing that could possibly happen to this world is the return of Jesus Christ to this earth as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the answer. Jesus is the answer to all this world's problems. He is the one bright light in this dark world. He is coming again and He is coming again is the blessed hope of the church. If there is any reason why the church is still breathing today, it's because the church is very confident of the fact that Jesus is coming again. Let me hear everyone in this Bible study say with a loud voice, Jesus is coming again. And this is the blessed hope of the church. I remember many years ago when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. One of the things that made us very fervent 
are burning for Christ. Well, some of the spiritual truth and songs that we sing in those days, one of them is, He's coming back again. He's coming back again. He went away and promised that he's coming back again. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. He's coming back again. The coming of Jesus again is the blessed hope of the church. The coming of Jesus Christ is the glad anticipation of all who trust him. But as Dr. Billy Graham of Blessed Memory says, the subject of the second coming of Christ has never been popular to any but the true believer. This is true. Of course, it is true. To the believer, it is the greatest message of comfort. Yes, to the believer, the second coming of Christ is the greatest message of comfort. But to the unbeliever, it is the greatest message of judgment and despair. The second coming of Christ or the rapture is what unbelievers don't want to hear. While it is a message of comfort to the believers, the second coming of Christ to the unbeliever is the greatest message of judgment and despair. Now, with the trend of events in the world today, it becomes very clear that at any moment from now, read my lips, with the trend of events in the world today, it becomes very clear that at any moment from now, not one verse of the scripture will be left unfulfilled. This is why I consider it very important at this time, at this lockdown, that the church should go into the study of the last event so that we will not be misinformed or misled by some flamboyant and uninformed teachers or preachers. We need to know the times we live in and how much time is left before we leave this sinful world. It is very important for the church to know that Israel is God's timepiece for the rest of the world. What do I mean? That Israel is God's watch for the rest of the world. Any slight change in the history of Israel will bring a change in the history of the church. Mark my word. Look at the Middle East. Any slight change in the history of Israel will bring a change in the history of the church. If the days of Israel draw close to an end, the days of the church on earth will draw much more closer. It should be noted also that while Israel has an earthly promise, the church 
has an heavenly promise. Many of you may not know that most of the promises in the Bible are meant for the Jews, for the people of Israel. But how do we possess it? We claim it by faith that the blessing that God promised Israel belonged to the church by faith. Therefore, Israel has an earthly promise. The church has an heavenly promise. Hence, all scripture, I want you to listen to this. All scriptures are written for our instructions. All scriptures are written for our correction. But not all scriptures are directly for the church. Some scripture and verses of the scripture deals directly with Israel and has nothing to do with the church. And there are some scriptures that are directly to the church. And it's very important we know the difference. There are certain blessings for Israel we can claim. And there are some that are literal and rigidly meant for Israel alone. So, in this teaching of the end shall come, in which we are trying to unfold the event of the end time, today we shall be considering the remaining years of Israel in her earthly history, according to Daniel, Daniel's prophecy. Since the time of the church falls into these years of Daniel's prophecy, we can easily ascertain mathematically by clear calculation of the Bible how much time is left before the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we've been talking about the seven weeks of Daniel's or the seven years remaining for the people of Israel or one week of Daniel. Let's see the genesis and the history of these 70 weeks. And at this point, you may need your biro and you may need a notebook for some calculations. But let me quickly prepare your mind to understand one thing. You know, every calendar and date are as described by the Romans. So we have been following Roman calendar and Roman time and Roman timetable. But in the biblical fulfillment of prophecy, the years of 1990, 1920, 1921, 1922 is not the same calculation in the Bible way. In fact, the Bible said 1,000 years is like one day in the sight of God. And a day is just like 1,000 years. The oldest person that ever lived in the world was Methuselah, 900 and something plus. Nobody ever lived up to 1,000 years. Hence, the reason why there will be a millennium reign. So that the original plan of God for man to at least be fulfilled, that man will for once lived up to a day in the sight of God. So, we shall be using the book of Jeremiah, chapter 25, verse 11 to 12, to expound our teachings today about the 70 weeks of Daniel. Jeremiah predicted 70 years 
of captivity. And God said that 70 years shall be times four times seven, which is equal to 490 years. Let us see Jeremiah. Open your Bible. Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter, chapter 25, verse 11 to 12. Verse 11. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Listen. And that 70 years is not the 70 years of our Roman calendar. It is God's own biblical calendar. Verse 12 said, And it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon. And that nation, said the Lord, for their iniquity and the land of the Chireans, and I will make it perpetually desolate. Now let me just say this. God can use a people to punish someone. Even God can use you to punish someone. But when you punish a person with that mercy, remember that God will also come back to you and punish you according to the measure of punishment that you met to others. For instance, it was God that allowed the people of Israel to be in the captivity of the Babylonians. And the Babylonian dealt with Israel mercilessly. And God said, I will punish the king of Babylon and the nation, said the Lord, for their iniquity. Because they did, they, they did not deal with the children of God with mercy. Now, there are so many leaning in history how we come about the 70 weeks of Daniel. One, the captivity lasted from 606 BC. When we mean BC, we mean before Christ. The captivity of the people of Israel lasted from 606 BC to the decree of Cyrus the king in 536 BC. You know, usually the biblical calendar read backward. The Hebrew read backward. The death read backward, not forward. Now, listen. The people of Israel violated 70, 70 sabbatical years. And God said for them to be punished because the sabbatical years were years that God said to the people of Israel that you can farm from one year, two years, to six years. But on the seventh year, always around, allow the land to rest. Don't farm. Don't do anything. Don't, in the sixth year, harvest all you will need, even in the seventh year, so that the seventh year, the ground can be allowed to rest. And Israel were obeying this rule, and it was favoring them. They were prospering. But, you know, at times, there is a level you can reach that you will be so prosperous or 
a level you can reach that you have things going for you that you will be tempted to forget God. The Israel violated this sabbatical law and they violated 70, 70 sabbatical years, 70 they violated and God now say for that 70 sabbatical years you have violated it's going to be time 7 which brought us to the 490 years we talk about the uh, 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 the, the weeks of Daniel's which we are trying the 70 weeks of Daniel that we are trying to deal with now let's see the decree the captivity which lasted from 606 BC to the decree of Cyrus in 536 BC in the book of Ezra chapter 1 open your Bible some of you don't even know that the book of Ezra is in the Bible and Ezra is a scribe and who are the people called scribe in the Bible the scribes in the Bible are those who are vast in the Mosaic law they know how to interpret the Torah the law look at Ezra 1 verse 1 to 4 now verse 1 in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus king of Persia that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven had given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he had charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Verse 3, Who is there among you of all his people, his God be with him. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. Verse 4. And whosoever remained in any place where he sojourned, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts beside the free will offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Now I want you to see this. In the book of Daniel chapter 9 verse 24. Let's see what happened. The Bible says Daniel was inspired to pray. And in this teaching it is very important that we carefully consider his prayer as it is one of the greatest prayers in the Old Testament. In his prayer it was revealed to him that the kingdom of heaven will not be established at the end of the 70 years captivity, but that 70 weeks more were to pass in respect of the nation of Israel. Look at verse 24, what he said. 70 weeks, that is why we come to 490 years in which the remaining one week, which is seven years, which is going to be this within the period rapture will take place, the Antichrist will be revealed, there will be tribulation, and there will be great tribulation. Verse 24 of Daniel chapter 9 said, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. Upon thy people. Who are thy people? Israel. And upon the, thy holy city, 
where is the holy city? Jerusalem. And what will happen within the 70 weeks, which is 490 years? Because each one week is equal to seven years. So 70 weeks is equal to 490 years calculated. And what will happen within that 490 years? One, to finish transgression. Two, to make an end of sins. Three, and to make reconciliation for iniquity. And four, to bring in everlasting righteousness. Five, to seal up division and prophecy. And, to, and six, to anoint the most holy. And who is that most holy? Christ. Now listen to this. This is where you need your Bible and your notebook. These 70 weeks are weeks of years. That is, 7 years is equal to 1 week. So when you now hear 70 weeks, now calculate 70 weeks when 1 week is 7 years, it's equal to 490 years. Now listen to this. It should be noted that it was God who sent the people of Israel into the Babylonian exile for 70 years to let the land rest because from the time of Solomon they did not keep the sabbatical years sabbatical year is every 7th year was to be kept holy as I told you before as well as the 7th day no planting no gathering of grain or fruits. Consequently, there were 70 years, 70, 70, during which the land had no rest. For more clearer understanding, look at 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 36. 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse 20 to 21. Please, as you are listening to this teaching, make sure you have your Bible near you and your notebook near you. Your Bible, your notebook, and your pen, and write important things so that nobody will fly anything on social media and you will quickly fall for it. In fact, this coronavirus uh, uh, has exposed how weak the church has been. How ignorant many believers has been because the gospel of prophecy, prosperity, breakthrough, miracles have blinded the eyes of the church from looking into God's prophetic agenda and timetable for the end time. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 36 verse 20 to 21. Now listen. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon where they were servant to him and his sons until the reign of the king of Persia. Verse 21. Listen. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah which we just read that the whole land shall be left desolate until the land has enjoyed her Sabbaths. Letting the land to rest. For as long as she lay, the land lay desolate. She kept Sabbath to fulfill three score 
and 10 years, which is 70 years, 60 and 10 years. And God now say it is 70 weeks, not in the calculation of years, uh, Roman calendar we know, but the 70 years is 70 weeks, and in 70 weeks, one week is equal to seven years. So, which means to say the punishment, the 70 years, God said they will punish, will be punished to allow the land to rest, will be times seven, which makes it 70 weeks of Daniel's. Now, let's see the division. Take your Bible. The division of the 70 weeks. Let us carefully examine the division of the 70 weeks. One. One week of days is equivalent to seven years. I hope you have your notebook. One week of days is equivalent to seven years. Now, if one week of days is equivalent to seven years, that means the 70 weeks of Daniel is 70 weeks of days is equal to 490 years. Because it is not according to Roman calendar. That is why when we talk about the seven years, one week of Daniel remaining, this one week is equal to seven years in God's calendar, not seven years of Roman calendar, but God's own calendar. So one week of days is equivalent to seven years. Seventy weeks of days is equivalent to four hundred and ninety years. I like this. Now. This 70 weeks is divided into three periods. Listen to this. This 70 weeks is divided into three periods. That is, one, seven weeks. Two, 62 weeks. And three, one week. So follow me again. This 70 week of Daniel is divided into three periods. Number one is seven weeks. Number two is 62 weeks. And number three is one week, totaling 490 years, determined upon Israel. And out of it, 483 has been used. It remains seven. And that seven years is what we call one week of Daniel, which within with the beginning, what we ushered in that remaining one week will be the rapture, the rise of the Antichrist, the tribulation, the great tribulation, and the second coming of Christ. Now, let's go further in our calculation. I'm sure you are not confused. In the Bible calendar, in the 70 weeks of Daniel, one week of days, in like, like our days, is equivalent to seven years. Therefore, 70 weeks of days is equivalent to 490 years according to God's own calendar, not Roman's calendar. Now, these 70 weeks of Daniel is divided into three periods. One, seven weeks. Two, 62 weeks. And three, one week. Now, the 70 weeks, it means 77. Right, 70 weeks mean 77. That is 70 times 7 70 weeks is equal to is, is mean 77 that is 70 times 7 which is equals to 490 years now 
70 weeks, 70 sevens, that is 70 times 7 equals 490 years, are determined upon Israel. That God said, by program from Israel, for Israel will be accomplished. After their punishment, he will be saved from it anyway, but they will be punished. See, now, what will happen? It is to finish the transgression. Number two, to make an end of, this, of their sins. And number three, to anoint the most holy, which is Christ, the Messiah. The Bible says 490 years and the Messiah will start to reign. Now, watch this. And this is very important. Let's go to seven weeks. What do we mean by seven weeks? Seven weeks is simply seven times seven. Remember we have said that one week of days is equals to seven years. So now, when we talk about seven weeks, we are talking about seven times seven. So seven weeks, which is seven times seven, that is the division of the 490 years. That is seven weeks is equal, is, is equal to seven times seven. Then three score weeks is equal to 60 times 7 and 2 weeks is equal to 2 times 7. Don't be confused. You are not a mathematician, but let's calculate it. 7 weeks. When we say 7 weeks, we mean 7 times 7 because we are not following a Roman calendar. And when the rapture takes place, the war calendar will no longer be Roman calendar. It's going to be biblical calendar and that's why things are not going to be the way you think it will be. So, seven weeks, that is, when we say seven weeks, we mean seven times seven. When we say three score weeks, that is, three score is 60. So, we now mean six, three, three score weeks, simply mean 60 times seven. And two weeks, bear in mind, one week, right, is equal to seven years. Right? Okay. One week is equal to seven years. And when we now say two weeks, that is two times seven. Now, this is how the calculation works. Seven times seven, that is seven weeks, is equal to 49 years. Three score weeks, which is 60, that is 60 times seven, is equal to 420 years. And two weeks, two times seven, is equal to 14 years. That means to say 49 plus 420 plus 14 is equal to 483 years. This is the time that have elapsed between the command to build back Jerusalem according to Nehemiah chapter 2 to the coming of the Messiah. So this is the time between the time the command was given to build Jerusalem and the time Jesus was born and crucified, the total period between that time is 483 years. That is 7 weeks, six, 3 score weeks, that is 60, and 2 weeks, that is 49 plus 420 years plus 14. Bear in mind that if you hear 7 weeks, it's time 7. If you hear 60 weeks, it's time 7. If you hear 2 weeks, it's time 7. So it's not like the time of one week, 14 days. No. One week is seven years. Seven years is one week. So, 483 years has passed between the time the command to build the temple to build back the Jerusalem 
according to Nehemiah chapter 2, to the coming of the Messiah. Then, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, was to be cut off. Looking at this calculation we have done so far, through to this prediction of Jeremiah, the Lord Jesus was slain on the cross exactly 483 years after the command was given to restore the city by Cyrus. So, from the time the command was given, seven weeks, and then from that seven weeks to the time of the Messiah was born and cut off, 62 weeks, which is 49 plus 60. 63 score week, which is 60 times 7, plus 2 weeks, which is 2 times 7. All of them, in calculation of years, gave us 483 years. It is this time that allows between the command to build back Jerusalem, according to Nehemiah chapter 2, to the coming of the Messiah. Now, then the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, was to be cut off on the cross. And truth to this prediction, the Lord Jesus was slain on the cross. Read my lips. Exactly 483 years out of the 490 years that is determined upon Israel. After the command was given to restore the city. My very good friend, Charles Spurgeon of Blessed Memory said, My theology can be summed up in four words. And that remains my own evangelistic theology. Christ died for me. Just in one in four words. Christ died for me. All this was prophesied hundreds of years before Christ was born in Bethlehem. All of which is now proving history. I say proving history. The Bible is true. Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. The cross was for a divine purpose of a truth. Sinful man does need a savior. We have not finished the calculation. Let's go on with the calculation. The Bible talks about three score. Three score means 60. And that 60 is times 7. And two weeks. And that two weeks is 2 times 7. That is 420 plus 14 years is equal to 434 years elapsed between the time Jerusalem was built to the crucifixion of the Messiah. I want you to see it this way. From the time the command was given was 483. But from the time the, uh, uh, the, the time the temple was built to the time Jesus was crucified is 62 weeks which is 60 times 7 which is 420 plus 2 weeks 2 times 7 which is 14 making 434 years that elapsed between the time Jerusalem is built to the crucifixion of the Messiah but if we are to calculate from when the command was given then we will add 49 years and that will be exactly 483 years from the time the command was given to the time Jesus died will be 48, 483 years. But if we minus the time the command was given and begin from the time the temple was built to the time Jesus was crucified, that will be 434 years that has elapsed. 
Now, let's see this one again. Seven. That is seven. Means seven times seven. That is seven weeks. That is seven times seven. Which is equal to 49. Is the week left between the time command to build Jerusalem and the time it was finished. So, that's why I said before that when we calculate from the time Cyrus gave the command to the time Jesus was crucified, the calculation of all is about 483 years. But if we minus the time the command was given, which is seven weeks, that is times seven, 49 years, now it will be 434 that remain between the time the temple was built and the time Jesus was crucified. But if we now add the time the command was given, which is 49 years, that is between the time the command to build Jerusalem and the time it was finished. So between the time it was commanded and built and finished was 49 years. Now, from that time it was finished to the time Jesus was born and to the time he was on the cross of Calvary till the end it was till he died and resurrected it was in between it if we calculate it that one is 434 years so if we now plus 49 years which is seven weeks which the command was given everything will be 483 years now adding them adding them it took now listen adding them in summary adding them together it took 49 years which is seven weeks to build the city plus 434 years which is 60 weeks plus two weeks from the completion of the city to the cutting off of the messiah totaling 483 that is exactly what i tried to explain to you all the calculation we have done so far when you add them it took 49 years, 37 weeks, to build the city of Jerusalem from the time the command was given. Plus 434 years, that is 62 weeks, from the time it was completed after 49 years till the time Jesus was killed on the cross. Everything become 483 years. Now, Remember, it's 490 years that is determined upon Israel. One week, that is seven years, now remains. After the Messiah was cut off, that is the Lord Jesus Christ crucified, did that 70 weeks, that is seven years, the 70th week, that is seven years, the 70, the remaining one week or the remaining seven years, did it continue? It didn't continue. If it did continue, then we are in the kingdom now. That means Jehovah's Witness will be right when they say that the rapture took place in 1914. But from all we know, that after Jesus Christ was cut off, on the day of Pentecost, the church was born. So, now, when the church age was born, God punched the time of Israel. God stopped their watch and continued doing, dealing with the church. So, the church age will end at the rapture. And when the rapture comes to an end, it takes place, God will not continue his time with Israel for the remaining seven years or one week. So the question here is, did the 70th week, that is the seven year continue? If it did, then we are in the kingdom now. 
That is to say, that means the Lord Jesus is sitting upon the King David's throne in Jerusalem and sin is at an end. But we know by the biblical uh, calculation and the time we are in that the 70th week has not yet come. So we can safely say that the kingdom has not been set up as yet. The Lord Jesus is now sitting upon his heavenly father's throne, but we soon sit upon his own messianic throne. I like the way Revelation 3.21 put it. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my father in his throne. Now let's now conclude this calculation. What happened between the 69 week, which is 483 years, and the 70th week, that is the remaining 7 years? What happened? Be what happened between that one week for the 483 years where Messiah died and then the remaining one week, that is 7 years? What happened between that 69 week and the remaining 70th week, which is the last remaining seven years. Bear in mind, 70 years was determined. And that 70 years is not the years of our calendar. That's why it is called 70th week, 70 week. And that 70 week is time seven, making 490 years. Now, what happened between the 69 week, that is between 483 years and the remaining 70th week, which is the remaining seven years? What happened? I will answer you directly. It is the church age. The church age is that gap, also known as the age of grace. The valley in between the first coming and the second coming of the Messiah is the church age. The first coming is not rapture. The first coming was when he came into the world to come and die for the sins of the world and to die for the sins of Israel. And Israel did not accept him. That's why the Bible said, he came to his own and his own receives him not. But to as many that receives him, to them he gave power to be called the sons of God. Now, as we know, the church age was never revealed in the Old Testament. But it was in the mind of God. If I will put it this way, God was pregnant about the church before the foundation of the world. Hear what Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says. Ephesians chapter 1 4. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. In other words, the church age was a mystery hidden God and now revealed unto his apostles and prophets. The church age was in God's mind from the foundation of the world. See, how Ephesians 3 verse 1 to 10 put it. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 1 to 10. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. I taught my Bible students that Peter was an apostle to the Jews and Paul was an apostle to the Gentiles. And every man of God have a particular audience God have sent them to. Look at verse 2 of that Ephesians chapter 3. If you have heard of the dispensation of grace, 
of God, which is giving me to you word. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in a few words. Whereby, verse 4 say, When you read, when you read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which is in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophet by the spirit that the Gentiles which we belong to anybody who is not a Jew is a Gentile whether it's an American, European as long as you are not a Jew you are a Gentile black, white, yellow, green, blue whatever that the verse said that the Gentiles should be fellow heir not only Israel, and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I, Pastor Paul speaking in verse 7, I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Look at verse 8. Unto me, who am I? Who uh, who? I'm less than the least of all saints. Apostle Paul said it was the least of the apostles because the last. Is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ? Verse 9 said, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning, the church was a mystery, which from the beginning of the world had hidden God. That's why I said God was pregnant of the church from the beginning. Who created all things by Jesus Christ. Pastor said, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Hmm. As far as Israel was concerned, it was as though God has Punched the stopwatch for her after the 483 year. It was time out then for Israel. And it has lasted for nearly for more than 2,000 years now. But as soon as the church age is over and the church age we end at the rapture, the Bible called the church age the fullness of the Gentiles. When the church age is over, the rapture will take place. When immediately the rapture take place, that watch which God has stopped for Israel and allowed the church to come in, that stop watch being punched for Israel again, it will turn it on again. Then Israel will have the remaining seventieth week, also known as the last seven years, or otherwise known or as the tribulation. With all this in mind, let us consider Daniel chapter 9. As Daniel tells us what shall happen during the 70th week. 70th week is the last seven years of the tribulation. Daniel chapter 9 verse 26. Daniel 9, Daniel 9 verse 26. He states that, number one, Messiah shall be cut off. That is, Jesus will be this one, Jesus has not been born even when this prophecy was given that the Messiah shall be cut off but I want you to look at that verse very well he said but not for himself right then according to the prophecy the stopwatch is punched 
and the church age was ushered in. Now, after the church age is over at the rapture and the gap is closed, the 70th week of Daniel, that is the remaining seven years or one week of Daniel, now starts, it commences, and God turns his attention to Israel because the church is no more, the church are gone. Look at your Bible. The Bible said, the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, this particular verse, some have applied these words to the destruction of of the city of Jerusalem and the temple in 70 AD by the uh, uh, Roman governor. We certainly can apply them to Titus, the Roman governor, but the meaning of this verse is that the armies of the Antichrist had destroyed the rebuilt temple during these last three and a half years. Mind you, the temple has not been rebuilt up till now. That is why anybody giving prophecy of the return of Jesus is lying because the temple must be built and where the temple will be built, there is a dome rock mosque present, presently there and that rock will be removed one day. Let me tell you, the moment that, that mosque is demolished and they began the building of the temple, I can with every certainty tell you, Jesus will return at any moment. But for now, we are waiting. We are watching that dome rock. We are watching that mosque in this, that is in the site where the temple is. We are watching for the day it will be removed. So, this scripture did not refer that the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city. The, the city is Jerusalem and the sanctuary which is the temple, as which some people wrongly some scholars wrongly say that it applied to the word of the destruction of the city of Jerusalem and the temple in AD by Titus, the Roman governor. We can apply that, but the real meaning of this verse is that the armies of the Antichrist, they are the people of the prince that shall destroy not this, or the, 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 the new temple that will be rebuilt, which have not been built, and it will be if we rebuild any moment from now before Jesus returns, and then the people of the Antichrist will come to destroy it in the last three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. Now watch this. The prince is the Antichrist. Therefore, the prince, the Antichrist, shall confirm a seven years covenant with Israel. In the midst of that seven years agreement he had with Israel, he broke his covenant. And he placed himself on the throne and in the temple in Jerusalem and causes the world to worship him as God. Then he shall immediately destroy it. That's what the Bible said. Look at it here. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. Now, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind by any means whosoever teaching heresy contrary to the Bible. These days, when the lockdown is over, any church that does not preach the Bible run away from that church. Any church that the Bible study is not rich, the teaching is not rich, run away from the Bible. Verse 2 of 2 Thessalonians 2 say that ye be not shaken in mind or be troubled. 
neither by spirit, nor by word, or G5 proponent, nor by letter, as if the letter is from us, as that, hey, the day of Christ is at hand. Verse 3 says, let no man deceive you by any means, even now, for that day shall not come, except they are coming falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed. This, the man of sin is the Antichrist. The Bible calls him the son of perdition who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he claimed he as God seated in the temple of God <coughs> showing himself that he is God. Verse 5 says, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you of all these things, members of the worthy place. I climbed around the wall. I have explained this from part one to this part four. Don't let anybody use feeble or anything that look convincing. If it, it doesn't matter who said it, if it does not agree with the Bible, then it is nonsense. Verse said, and now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way. Verse 8 said, And then shall that wicked be revealed, which is that take I call him wicked, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. And shall destroy with the brightness of his coming towards the end of the last three and a half years of the seven years. Verse 9. The Bible describes the Antichrist. That the Antichrist, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, whatever miracle, whatever he's able to do, with all powers and signs and lying wonders. Those of you are carried away by miracle, prophecy, and whatever. This is the instrument the Antichrist will use in the end time. Look at verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they may be saved. Verse 11. And for this cause, God shall send into the world them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Isn't it strange that in this end time, when a church preaches the truth, people resist it. But when you tell them lie, they believe the lie. I cannot finish this teaching today. Maybe in part 5, we shall conclude that. But however, the elevation to deity and the recognition of worship in the temple is that abomination of dissolution which, which is referred to by the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 24 verse 15. He said when you shall see the abomination and dissolution after the tribulation the 70th week being over the Messiah shall return and set up his kingdom and he shall reign over the whole world. What else shall we say? I have so much to say, but let me stop here for today. I will be with you again next week at same time. But remember this. We will see Jesus someday, sometime, 
And remember, Evangelistan did not cease day and night, warning that if there is any time to take God serious and the church serious, it's now. I sincerely remain your man at the King's Gate. Dance, see Daniels. Share this teaching to your friend. And that is the greatest evangelism you can ever make. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen.